0: Episode 11. Let's get after this. So uh, welcome back to the show. And today, uh, I'm going to touch on a couple things that I've talked about previously, but then we're going to talk about some other things as well. So one of the things that I mentioned in the last couple episodes, we were talking about the broadcasts and, and things we do over on Twitch and, and whatnot. And I wanted to touch the, on that a, again uh, because there is this phenomenon that happens when when you build a community on Twitch. Um, when you step outside of the game or even genre of what you do, naturally what happens is people um, potentially outside don't don't watch. Uh, and this is perfectly okay. It's perfectly normal that people will, you know, not not want to watch maybe a different genre. Maybe it's uh, so like I play Lord of the Rings online and maybe they'll watch if I play World of Warcraft or Guild Wars 2 or another MMO. But if I switch to something like a Battle Royale or, you know, Destiny or something like that. The dynamic is very, very different. You get a different audience. You get a different, uh, you know, may not have as many people talking because you are in more of a engaged scenario. MMOs have the benefit of being largely pretty chill uh, and it leaves the door open for interactive chat quite a bit. So that's pretty cool. Um the one thing is with the reduced schedule, we switch down to Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Um with the option of throwing in Wednesdays, basically, if we're doing something with misadventurers on Arkenstone and Lord of the Rings online. That being said, um I being somewhat transparent about it, the, the best numbers that we ever have as a as a channel. Come from when we play Lord of the Rings Online. That's what the community was built on. That's what the ge- what my channel was built on, and things like that. So it's totally understandable that when I switch to another game, uh, which I have been recently, when we play Realm Royale, um, we've been playing a lot of Realm. It's been a lot of fun, and naturally the dynamic on on stream is different. You know, we might actually have different people in chat. We might have uh, voice chat. We might have different people in. Uh, In Twitch chat, and that's totally fine. Um, The dynamic that is different is that it's a different kind of fun for me. Um, With the MMOs, it's the progression and the, you know, taking your character to the next level. Sometimes literally and figuratively. Um, But when it comes down to it, when I switch to a game like Realm, it's very interesting to see what happens to the dynamic of of your chat and your audience. And um, it's usually a lot quieter. And I think that's mainly because I'm, I'm usually in a a gunfight of some sort. So asking a question or talking or something like that might seem to be easily missed. And what I would tell you, anybody that is still um, in a chat, even if it is a high paced thing is, is still talk. You know, like, um, I will play the game regardless and I will stream regardless. And, you know, if there's one person in that chat or if there's a thousand people in the chat, I will treat it the same way. Uh, and that's the best advice, honestly, uh, is that there's an old saying that you dress for the job that you want. And I would say that you broadcast for the audience that you want. Um, and I know this this first little opening thing here is it kind of seems like it's all over the place. And it, it, that's how my brain works. It's all over the place. But I would say broadcast to the audience that you want. So if you want several hundred people in there, act like, you know, talk like there's several hundred people in there. Now, that's a little bit more challenging than it sounds like because of the fact that um, sometimes you'll be feeding off of chat. And that's... Makes it more challenging if there's not people in there, but you also don't want to go the route of just narrating every single thing that you're doing because that can be a little boring as well. Um, But, you know, you react. That's If you could narrow down broadcasting to one word, which is really tough to do anyway, it's react. React to what's happening around you, react to your stream, react to your chat. And that's probably the best thing that you can do as a whole, as a broadcaster, is to react. Um, And the reason I mention all that, too, is because while we haven't had as many people in the chat, in Twitch chat, with playing Realm Royale, uh, I still treat it the same as if it's a 50, 60, 70 viewer Lotro night. I treat it that way because when people come in and they take that real quick snapshot of your stream and decide if they're going to stay or not. I mean, if you're just staring off into the distance and not really looking and not really talking, and you miss that opportunity, that's that's a bummer. So, um, kind of keep that in mind. If you're in a chat, um, talk. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you're a typical lurker or something like that to just... Uh, well, I don't want to do that blood. I don't, I don't talk at all and that's fine. Lurking is fine too. Um, yeah, I'm just saying if you are typically somebody who would chat and talk and all that stuff and yeah, I don't know, do whatever you want to, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's just something that's been on my mind recently with, uh, seeing, you know, people kind of come and go and things like that. And again, it's Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Alright. So, the next thing I want to just... I'm going to touch on this briefly, just because I get a lot of messages about it, and uh, we'll just... Like I said, we'll briefly touch on this. Uh, So, last week, there was a leak that was done on... From the Palantir server uh, within Lord of the Rings Online, which, if you're not familiar with Palantir, Palantir is the... Um, for lack of a better word, alpha server. It is more of a closed thing. It's a very selective group of people. Um, it's kind of where those pre-builds go on. And then then you'll see stuff pushed to Bullroar, which is the open um, public beta server. So there was some stuff that was that was posted. I'm not, again, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail and name names. I will what I'll just put one name out there and sort of a defense type of thing. Um, the, the issue is that I think a lot of the community and myself in- included really expects, uh, Jerry or Cordovan to know more about the game. And while I think that could be something to still hit on, I think it's ultimately unfair. um, his job as a community manager is really a mediator between the community and the development team. People always think that Cordovan is a developer. He is not a developer. He is a community manager. He's a more of a people person, handling the connection between the developers and the players. Um, you know, I think myself, I've been a little bit, um jaded to the fact that in other games i've been you know uh i've been exposed to people like deej and cosmo uh from destiny and they play the game at a very high level so when you when you see something like that you're like wow i wish you know i wish our guy did that and again it's not fair uh but to the other extent i mean he knows ddo very well Um, and I, I really think for the betterment of the community and probably the more enjoyment of his career, uh, I think there really should be someone separate for Lord of the Rings online to handle the community management. And really that's just because I think there's plenty of people out there that are capable that can handle that that would do the job and know the game uh, to a deeper extent um and again it's it's totally not fair to expect any of that and, and maybe it is i don't know i don't know um it feels like i'm still attacking him which i'm still trying to defend a little bit and just saying like you know uh, i I don't want to get super political about this, but realistically um I think you should be an advocate for your players um, without being too serious about it. They're the ones paying your salary, so you should be advocating for them. The amount of changes that have happened in that game uh for this reason or that reason, uh, or for no reason at all, is a bit odd to me. Um, don't mess with stuff that doesn't need to be messed with. There's plenty of problems that need to have been fixed years ago that still have not been fixed. Whether I'll be, I've never seen this issue. I've never, ever, 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 ever seen the Drygok bug where you've not been able to complete it. But apparently, that's you know still a thing. Um, there's just there's issues out there that are more pressing than changing fates entwined on a runekeeper that has been that way for a while, and you know, I I think that the ultimate problem here. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit here. I think the ultimate problem is that because of the way the legendary system works in this game, I think it all stems from the legendaries. Every problem that is not a specific bug stems from the legendaries, uh, legendary items, if you will. The reason I think that is because they create infinite balance opportunities. They create infinite points of failure. They complete... Uh, they make a complete mess out of balance. And when you change something, you change... You know what? We're going to just go and change this legacy. And I'm I'm going to speak in very gray, broad terms right now. But if you change a legacy, now that legacy is not as, as powerful. Well now this other legacy becomes more powerful by, by no intent of that one being worked on and it was not touched. But since you devalued this one, this other thing over here becomes more powerful and and better. Well, guess what you just did? Well, I want the better one. I want the better option. So now I have to retool my legendaries or potentially even my traits to accommodate for that now it's also foolish of me to expect that a class is never going to change or a class is never going to have to adapt or you know maybe they did find a bug and it was a really serious bug that that affected a, a big grouping of things that's usually when you'll see a trait reset or you know a point reset that was the benefit of the old legendary system is because then it is reset them there's no big deal Um, I think the, the problem with this game stems from legendary items right now. They, like I said, they create too many balance issues. They, there's too many multipliers and, you know, uh, variables that just really cause too much of an issue. And it, how, how are you going to expect a community manager to know all the intricacies of the, what What do we have now? 12 classes and, you know, three subclasses for each one. So you got 36 of those. And then each one of those is g- probably going to have their own uh, set of legendaries, both a, a weapon and a class item. So, you know, that's, geez, we're getting up to the point where we have 72 possibilities of, of, of legendaries mixing with each other, uh, let alone the different levels within them, all the way up to 79 tiers. Um, legendaries need to go away. And then I know we've touched on this on multiple episodes of the podcast, but I cannot express this enough at this point that legendaries have served their purpose. They have had their time in the sun and they need to go away. Um, the fact that is that if you play your main character and you play it at a high level, you're probably going to have more than two allies. You probably are going to have, you know, three to six, if not more, you are literally talking about thousands of scrolls of empowerment and a couple hundreds of crystals. Uh, for somebody who doesn't play the game eight hours a day, multiple days a week, it's too much. It's too much. You're just looking for an opportunity at that point to have people leave because they can't complete the stuff that they want to do. Removing the some of the uh, scrolls and crystals and stuff from some of the rewards at this point, too. Um, forcing people into festivals and stuff like that that don't want to do festivals. Like, I don't want to do festivals. I hate festivals. I think it's the most boring type of content there is. I'm glad that it's there for people that enjoy it, but it ain't for me. The only exception to that is I'll do. I will typically do the anniversary and the Yule festival because the Yule one typically has a cool mount, and so does the anniversary. That is the only thing that'll get me to do them. I won't do all the quests and stuff. I'll get enough barter currency to get a mount, and then I'm done. But yeah, I don't. I just don't think you should be. Uh, we shouldn't be so harsh on Cordovan to the point of expecting him to know all the intricacies on the flip side. I would expect him not to, you know, this be so dismissive when people have concerns. The reality is not everybody can articulate the issues that they have to the same degree that somebody else can, you know, some people have limited experience with, uh, with the game but they notice a problem and they just say hey this doesn't work here's what happens and well the response usually is well I'll either get it to the team or if we can carve out time if it's a problem carve out the damn time get it done it's your responsibility to make a game that's quality and I've said it before and this is what brought out my visit to Serban or Standing Stone last year was I said, you know, at this point, you should stop putting out new stuff and fix the things. And I'm, you know what? I'm back in that mode again. I'm very much back in that mode. There are so many things that are not working on this game that are broken, that are imbalanced, that are just not used. Fix it. We, if you want this game to continue to be any what successful, number one, put PVP in the damn legendary servers already lost a lot of people to that, and I know I'm speaking in hyperbole, but I know of five people personally that don't play anymore because there's no PvP on the legendary servers. Uh Number two is again, stop putting out new zones and all that stuff. Polish up the old ones, fix them up, make it good. Um... Again, find a way. I've I've offered my idea, which I'm sure other people have had too, so I don't want to claim that it's my original idea, but of writing the legendaries out in a storybook, and you can't progress your characters any further unless you complete that chapter of the book or whatever. You know, maybe it's a level increase. I don't know, but they need to go away. Um, Go ahead and get the class balance done, because... The thing that I've heard that really irritates me at this point is we're not going to work on PvP until the class balance is done. And then on the other side of that coin is, well, class balance is never done. Okay. Well, you also have creeps that are built on a fundamentally different system, the old system from back in the day before the Helm's Deep Trait Trees. And then you have the, the freeps that are built on this system. PvP is never going to be what it was. And I think so many people were optimistic about playing on the legendary server for the PvP aspect that there were going to be no legendaries involved. And it, to very, very, very small degree, there was going to be PvP or there was going to be essences. Very small degree. Probably much easier to balance, if you ask me, though. And some of us have even talked about it where it's like, okay, just... Okay, since you can obviously just spin up another server with a different rule set at this point, why don't you just spin up another quote-unquote legendary one, and it's a legendary PvP server. It's locked at 50. There's... And just yank the essences out. I will say, take the essences out. So there's no essences, and no... um uh No essences and no legendaries. And just let us PvP on that server. Just Just, just do that. I'm sure that's... I'm I'm simplifying it, but do that. That thing, do it. Um, I'd be happy with it. Or strip out all the stuff from the Moors again, like what I was saying before, strip it all out, make it, you know, it'd be hilarious because it'd be 12 years in and, and be season two for PvP. And that is... Uh, a stripped out rule set and you just go back to itemized and you have a PVP use the old trait system for PVP you have the five you know you got your normal virtues that you can put in you can put in your five class traits and maybe two capstones and that's it I think that would work And of course, anybody who has their idea is going to think their idea is going to work. But I think that one would work. So um, the other thing I really wanted to briefly touch on with the Palantir thing is that I think at this point there's no need for the Palantir server. There's no need for the privacy and secrecy and all this stuff. Sorry, guys, you have a 12-year-old game uh and you need more feedback than the how few people that are on palantir you need more feedback than that before you write something into law as it were you know before you change something drastically you should probably get a little bit more feedback than you're getting you know there's not as many of you that work at the studio anymore and there's not as many people in the Palantir server. And then a lot of people don't want to participate in open beta because they don't want to have to do it on there to lose all progress and then do it again on live. So I think you really need to be polling your community. Stop just doing things that you think are going to be cool. Cause it's not the stage of the game that you need to be doing that anymore. The, 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 no pun intended here. The wow factor has worn off and it's just become a grind that has a new chapter of the story every now and then and, and usually a buggy dungeon or two. So, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of people playing other games at this point. You know, we've got the legendary server that is about the population of a normal server now. It usually matches what Arkenstone has, which is between four to 600 people. And it's going to get a... A, a boost when Moria comes out because a lot of people loved Moria. And Moria is going to have everything available to it. So it's going to have Vile Maw. It's going to have Filicool, It's and there's not going to be any Radiance. So you can just go in and do it pretty much. The problem is that Moria is going to last about two weeks. Because the majority of people can burn through 10 levels in no time like Moria is a very efficient leveling area now with a revamp that was done several years ago it's very efficient so you know it'd take a couple of days for the average people to probably level to 60 and then they're just going to be all the contents just gonna be done there's gonna be a couple of weeks of doing dungeons and the raids and stuff and like that's just gonna be done so without it being a true vanilla client it's it's just not there so Um, again, with the, uh, switching gears a little bit to the, the battle royale and stuff like that. We're, um, something I talked about on the last episode was about, uh, not liking if tournaments and stuff like that happen on, um, early access games. So I'm a little torn on realm because realm is technically in beta and they, they had Now they had their tournaments last year while it was an alpha and that I still agree with. is bad. Um, Realm is in beta. And I don't know. We've been tossing around the idea of doing some, some different event style stuff. And maybe if it's just not official, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that, but there is a, was it a week ago now two weeks ago apex legends came out and uh i wasn't really feeling it um i know it's got over 25 million players now and you know all the top streamers are playing it and there's already been a uh, a code uh, code red tournament on it and, and you know that's cool and all uh their game isn't in early access it was just a 1.0 release so i don't have any problem with that it's still kind of weird that they had a tournament like three days after it. <laughs> I mean, it had seriously been out less than a week, and they had the the code red thing. But again, that's not an official respawn tournament. That was uh that's done by Boom TV. So I guess that's cool. Um. Yeah, I think this is a we're in a weird spot with gaming right now everybody's doing a everybody's doing a battle royale and uh the twitch market almost kind of dictates what is quote unquote successful at this point like if you don't have a game in the top ten of twitch it's just like not that great um with the exception of games that have a one time playthrough maybe so like your Assassin's Creed games or your Arkham games or um you know last of us thing things like that where you kind of don't have the the super replayability um i think those games will always be good not my style of game but i think it's just i think that's what mmos have done to me over the years is uh you know if you want to break it down to dollar per hour uh <laughs> it would really be cents per hour for me for an MMO of how much time I've put in versus how much I've spent versus if I get, you know, call of duty blackout or black ops four, you know, and it's a $60 title and I've maybe put that in, I've maybe put 60 hours in it. Maybe, I don't know. Um, so I don't know I think we're in a weird spot with gaming. I don't know what you guys think about it, but, I think there's a lot of issues out there right now. Like the, the thing coming out where about 50% of the uh, development community wants to be unionized. I don't know if that would slow down gaming or like progression or, you know, move it forward or you get a better product or if it just take longer, uh, you've got all the battle Royales, even games putting out battle Royales to test their combat systems like ashes of creation. And then you've got, the all the big issues with microtransactions and stuff like that, um. And now it's becoming where gaming and streaming is is the mainstream. So many people know what Twitch is now. So many people know what Mixer is now. YouTube gaming or YouTube live, whatever. I think they got rid of YouTube gaming. Now it's just live or whatever. And Facebook gaming. So it's all mainstream now. Like it's, gaming is not the the nerdy thing that you do in your mom's basement. You know, it's just like, it's, it can be a lucrative career for people. It can be a lot of fun for people and it's a great way to meet people and, uh, showcase a talent or an ability. And, but with that comes a lot of problems too. And we're starting to see some of those surface with, the, I think the microtransactions right now are the worst. I think those are the worst thing out there right now in gaming. I would rather pay $100 for a 1.0 release title that is just done and solid so that developers get paid their a reasonable amount versus them putting out stuff that should have been in the original game for a DLC or a microtransaction loot box or something to that effect. So... Um, we'll have some more on this stuff in the coming weeks too, and we're gonna see some stuff changing. Um probably with what we're playing a little bit on stream. So keep an eye out for all that stuff, and I think that is gonna do it for this this week. So uh I just realized too last week's episode did not post, and it's for good reason. After I recorded it. And I got everything edited and whatnot, and I pushed it up to the site, and I listened to I usually listen to things before I post them for good reason as well. uh it was distorted, and I went back to the original audacity file, and it was distorted, so I had to scrap it so we had to skip last week, so that sucks, but we're back this will be out on on Monday as the norm now, and that should do it. So again, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, Make sure you're hitting up all the social media stuff. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and of course, Twitch. Uh, Throw follows on all those. Subscribe to them if you can. And I will see you all again in the live streams. And look forward to next week's topic. Thanks.